The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and happy Monday and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and our live stream devotional. And we are so glad you're with us, whether you are watching this live today, uh, whether you are listening to this on the audio version later or catching this when you can, thanks for joining us. We hope you had a great weekend. Hope uh, worshiping the Lord was good. It always is. Hope it was encouraging. And uh, if you were able to join us for it, we greatly appreciate you being part of what we are doing here. Thanks again for being here today. And today we're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 2. We started this Friday. And remember we started, we're going to do a three-part on the under the identity of I am saved. And last Friday we studied the idea that I am saved from my past condition. To truly understand salvation, we needed to understand where we came from, why salvation's needed, why the cross was needed. So now today we're going to see I am saved because of the mercy of God. One of the things you've ever, have you ever asked, I'll get to the verses in a second. I want you to think, consider something with me. Have you ever wondered, and I know we don't because theologically we kind of know the answer to this, but have you ever wondered why Christ would go to the cross? And we do because it's the only way to heaven and we know the theology behind it. In fact, in Romans, the Bible tells us for um, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commends his love toward us. So, you know, we would never die. He says we would never put our life out for a bad person. If it's a really good person, we might give our life to them. The military do that. But, but God commended his love toward us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. And then, But human, if you really look back and take away all the theology we know, you come back and ask the question, why? Why would Jesus go to the cross for a large chunk of people who are going to completely deny him? Well, it's because he loves us. Because of his mercy. Because he wanted to. He needed to, but he wanted to. And so he went through the enduring pain he wanted to. Why would he want to do that? Well, because of his love for us. He created us. He sees our lost condition, and he wants to, because he wanted to. He needed to, and he went to the cross. And so one of the things we're going to see in these few verses is very unique, is something that is very true about salvation, and it simply has little to do with us. That's the truth. The world and religion and so many people scream to get saved, to make it to heaven, to find Jesus. I must do it. I must do it. I must do it. And they make it so heavy on me in a works-based system. We mentioned this Friday. That is a lie. There's nowhere in Scripture that teaches that. And if you find one or two passages where you can twist it, you're taking them out of context. The Bible does not say that. And what we're going to see today for the next few minutes is simply all that Jesus has done and is doing for our salvation. Salvation is all literally all about Jesus doing for us. Later, next tomorrow, we'll talk about how it is a gift. But today, he saw our past condition and everything salvation is Jesus doing for us. When we talk about heaven coming, it's still him doing for us. The best way I can explain this, a weak illustration, but the best way to explain it is when our kids, when we decide to feed our kids and give our kids clothes and help them to give them the best they can and give them a good education and love them and do all these things. We, we don't do, now we technically we're obligated. We're parents. We chose to bring them into the world. It is our responsibility to do that. They owe us nothing. 
But we don't do it even for that reason. We do it because we love them. And we want them to have nice stuff. We want them to be comfortable. We want them to be safe. We want them to be well-fed and healthy. We want them to be educated, to have every opportunity in front of them. And so we will sacrifice to give it to them because we want to. That is the same thinking at a whole different level but the same thinking. So let's look at these verses and see what it means. Now, we remember yesterday, or Friday, we just got done talking about we are the children of wrath, all of us, as we came from. Verse 4, but God, I love how he transitions this because he puts it right back away from us. He doesn't say what we do. He says, in all of this, this is who we were, but God jumps in. He interjects in this. He says, but God, the describes him who is rich in mercy for his great love with he loved us. This is the core reason for why you went to the cross, for why he would give a salvation freely to us that cost him so much, but yet is so free to us, so valuable to us. Verse five, then he says, even when he did so much for us, even when he loved us, when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us, made us alive together with Christ, by grace he is saved. Here's, I love this, and when he, and has raised us up to sit together and made us as it raised us up, I'm sorry, raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding great riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I want you to see something. We talk about the, the reason Jesus did it was because he loved us. But can I tell you, a lot of times we still look back and say, well, I have to do so much. I want you to see something very intriguing in these verses. It's important, okay? He says in verse four, but God, God is the one doing it. Then he says, Verse 5, when we were dead, here's what all the things God did. Verse 5, he has quickened us together with Christ. He, he made us alive. We didn't do it. He made us alive. Two, he has raised us up together. Three, he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He has connected us to Jesus. And verse 7, that in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. So, he gave us life that we would recognize. He, he quickened, he kind of resurrected our dead life. When, when Adam and, the, and, Eve, and when Adam sinned in the garden, we could say Adam and Eve, but really it was Adam's fault. When Adam sinned in the garden, he, he, the Bible said, he told, let me go back a step. When, when Adam was told, if you eat of the fruit of the garden, you will die. And it, obviously we know the Bible teaches that they didn't die right away. They, they, they actually, Adam died hundreds of years later. What happened? See, when, God, when Adam and Eve were created, they were not human like we were. Well, they were human, but you understand, they, they were not going to die. They would have lived that way and could have lived that way for eternity. They were created to be companions with God. When they sinned, their body began the process of death. When we're born, we know we have so many years and our life's going to be over. Every day we work towards the process of death as we get older. It's sad, but it's unfortunately true. That's what sin brought. So when before that, they knew all this great communion with God and then sin brought in this death. Well, when we came, when we come to Christ, he revives that part that died in our sin nature. Now we're there. He revived us again. And so he quickened us. And then he's raised us up to sit together. We can't make our way to heaven. He put us there. He connected us to Jesus Christ, put us in the body of Christ through the church. He did all of these things. He's made us to sit in heavenly places that in the ages to come, when we get to heaven, he might show the exceeding great riches of his grace and his kindness to us. I want you to see this. He is so great to bring us salvation, to rec help us to recognize it, to offer us salvation. He's already paid for and he gives it to us as a gift. And then he helps us through our life to live by the grace of God. But then he says, listen, this is nothing yet. Because when you get to heaven, it's going to be a thousand times better than anything on this earth. 
The sin will be gone, the pain will be gone, sorrow will be gone. And then, then, what he's going to show us, the kindness and the grace he's going to show us is going to exceed anything that he's ever shown us before. And that means a lot, saying, thinking about the cross. We needed salvation because of our past condition. We have been offered salvation because of the mercy of God. God had every right. You remember, when he created hell, he created it for the devil and his angels. But when we sinned, we condemned ourselves to a place called hell. And the simple point is you say, well, I, I really sin bad. I'm not as bad as someone else. We can justify it all we want, but we know we're a sinner. Here's, my, here's the point. The Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. What does that phrase, short of the glory of God, mean? We are not perfect. You see, to get to heaven on our own works, we have to be perfect. It's not my good outweighs my bad. That's a lie. That's a lie of religion. It's not true. There's nothing you can do to, 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 to take care of your bad. Sin is sin. It deserves punishment. My good cannot outweigh my bad because the Bible says that's not what's needed. I need to be perfect. And yeah, okay, if I sin and I do a good, it weighs it. No good outweighs the bad. You see someone who's committed a major crime, they can recover, they can become good again, they can go out and do a lot of good things, but it doesn't erase the pain that came from their crime. The crime still exists. We cannot erase it by good. So we can never get to heaven because we'll never be perfect. We don't need to be, though. We don't need to be. He's offered us salvation but in, in spite of our past condition, in spite of our current condition. He's offered us salvation because he loves us, because of mercy. And he says, I want you to be saved. I want you to experience the mercy. I want you to see how much I love you. And don't you can't earn it. You don't need to earn it. I want to give it to you for free. Everything in these verses he has done. He has done. He does. He went to the cross. He paid our sin. He offers it to us. And then we get saved. He revives us. He brings salvation. He connects us to Jesus. We do none of it. The only thing we need to do is accept that, which we will talk about tomorrow. So if you find, your, if you find yourself in the condition we talked about yet yeah, our Friday, that we, we deserve hell. We're sinners, and we've never been saved. And you see today that it's nothing you need to do to earn it. It's, it's something God has done for you. I hope you'll stick around till tomorrow. You, call, you can call us at any point here in the office. Um, BenSalemBaptist.org has all our contact information, but you can call us. I'd love to talk to you. But tomorrow, we're going to walk through the next couple of verses and find out. You don't have to wait. You can read the following verses after this and find out what it means. Salvation's free. It wasn't free to Jesus, but it's free to us. It's a gift. It's wonderful. But God is the one that does the work. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning, starting off this week with us. I hope this is a help. I hope it's an encouragement. Talking about the truth of salvation obviously always is. And I hope it helps you to understand how much God loves you and what salvation really means. Thanks again for joining us this morning, and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow.